Brown. Hey, man. Yo, how you doing? Good, thank you. I've been looking forward to this for all week, man. I'm super excited. Thanks for taking the time. No, pleasure. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Um, so you guys have been super busy. Obviously, you've just got off the uh, the Europe leg of your um, tour for, I guess, for the whole world. How was that? Um, really good. Yeah, it's, it's just a whirlwind at the moment. Everything's a blur. Um, yeah, I mean, we were in Japan like a few weeks ago and then, we yeah, Germany, Netherlands, and tonight is the last show of our UK run um, here in London. So, yeah, it's just been mad. Yeah, excellent. There's been some really good um, photos on Instagram that I saw. Looks like you guys were having a blast. But the the photo of in, in Germany of you crowd surfing, it looked like you were having the best time of your life. <laughs> oh, awesome! But yeah, man. The um, which show was it? The uh, Cologne show was just madness. Over maybe it was from that one. I can't. I can't remember when I crowd surfed or not. There was one point. I, I, no, I definitely crowd surfed in Cologne because. It was so hot. It was one of them typical, like, dingy, low-ceiling venues where it was just sweat dripping off the walls. And I remember, like, crowd surfing into the middle, um, I don't know, like, sort of six metres out into the crowd or whatever, um, because someone had uh, an actual fan, you know, like a cool fan. And I was like, oh, cool me, cool. And they were just, like, fanning me whilst I was crowd surfing. It was great. Oh, that's excellent. <laughs> Was there any other standout moments from like Japan or anything like that? Um, Japan. Uh, well, we did Knotfest, which yeah, was, was awesome. Um, you know, anytime you're playing with Slipknot, it's always it's always <laughs> a an amazing day. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, my memory's so, so fuzzy with Japan, especially because it. You'd, I never, I didn't even get onto the time zone. We were there for like three, three nights. Um, I spent most of my time just like walking through Tokyo, like sort of 2 a.m., which was like so beautiful. Like everything was really quiet, but it was still like mad and lights and, you know, all the, the madness of Tokyo. Um, but yeah, no, we, we, we love Japan so much. It's such a, such a pleasure to be able to go back there. It's just so, so different. It's man. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, I've been absolutely smashing the new singles. Obviously, we've got Please Set Me On Fire, It Hurts, and Bloodshot, which have been destroying my fiance's ears. She hates it. <laughs> <laughs> um, just any, any of the heavier music, not just you guys in particular, but I'm loving it. And I know all the other fans are chewing through, chewing at the bit to get the new album. Um, the new singles seem a bit more direct and aggressive in compared in comparison to anything that we got from Nothing Is True and Everything Is Possible. But obviously, having said that, Enter Shikari can't be put into a box. It's a beast that can't be tacked. Everything's always evolving. Um, is there more like those three tracks? Is it going to be more aggressive and direct with the new album? It's um, it's definitely a more like focused album. I think the the songs came out, you know, I write very instinctually and the songs were coming out very high energy. Um, and I think there's a bit more like, I don't know whether it's like self-assuredness, confidence in terms of the, the songwriting. So like 
I'm now not afraid to go like, okay, this is a great melody. We're just going to make a song that supports that. And so the songs are quite short and sharp and just, they, you know, they're like, we started joking very early on in the process that we're like, should we just make an album full of bangers? And it was sort of a joke at first, but then that's kind of how it sort of developed. Um, Whereas I think in the past, we've always just thrown everything at a song, you know? We've, there's like so many layers. Sometimes it goes on mad journeys. And I love those songs. And so I don't want to demean them, but like, I think now we've got to the stage where like, there's no self-indulgence. There's no like hiding, you know, low self-esteem by throwing loads of things and trying to be everything and trying to be like the best at everything. Like, like now it's just like, no, you know what? That's a banging melody. That's all the song needs. Let's just support it. Um, so yeah, there's a bit more bit more focus excellent no that's cool and obviously you guys are known to have very uh lyrically you guys have focused on political and social issues as well as mental well-being um which is obviously very very important in today's day and age um with the state of the world over the last three years what sort of things have you focused on for the new album christ yeah all sorts really um there was a lot of soul searching for me during the sort of pandemic period because we stopped playing shows, obviously, and I also stopped writing music. I, I feel like without the shows, I basically just couldn't. It was like my mind just switched off. And if you can't share music with people physically, then there's no point in writing music. It was very, very weird time. Thank um, you for <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It was very strange. It was such a relief when I was able to to start writing again um but yeah it's something that um that we're I, I think just really like grateful for you know like now that we're able to write music and we're able to to be together and feel like a band again because it was really like we just just became dormant for a while and it was just like quite quite terrifying really um but uh, sorry, I've completely forgotten the question. I'm just rambling. <laughs> um, the the focus is on the the new album. Has it been based around what you guys went through with the pandemic? And oh yeah, 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 um, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. So th there was a lot of like me trying to work out who I was outside of Shikari because it was like Shikari didn't exist anymore. And I've always I've been Rao from Enter Shikari since I was 16. So I was like, suddenly I was just row and I was like, well, who is that? Um, and uh, yeah, I just went on a big sort of philosoph uh, philosophical journey um, and sort of came to the conclusion that no one really knows who they really are. We're, we're, we're quite fluid creatures, you know, we're like constantly evolving, we're constantly changing. Um, and it's not really something to be like frightened of. Um, and we can be many people, you know, I feel like there's, yeah, I, the, the song I Don't Know You Anymore, the last track on the album, John well the second to last track um, exactly. Giant Pacific Octopus yeah that's all about like you know we can be many different people and like it's, you know the sort of cliched advice of um, when people are just like oh you know don't worry about it just be yourself it's like what does that mean like I can be so different in many different situations like what you know so um, yeah there was a lot of soul searching there was also a lot of I mean, effectively, there was a year and a half without me writing. So that's a year and a half of experiences, emotions, 
that have gone into this album well and then some because then there was the year that we wrote the album um so there's a lot crammed in it's a proper cocktail of, of emotions um but there's there's tracks on there about um the dynamics of power which is the more sort of political edge to the album i suppose and how important it is to feel emboldened and I, that's one of the main things i want this album to do you know with its high energy with its sense of positivity i want people to feel empowered listening to this because at the moment i think more and more people are just opting for nihilism just opting for like oh i, I can't do anything so like i'm just going to look after myself like and that's exactly what obviously people in power want from their subjects from what they want from the public because they want the status quo to remain the status quo um so it's yeah i want people to feel empowered i want people to feel unified um and active really um so hopefully it's a very activating and energizing album um there's tracks on there about joy and how important that is um as a unifying force as a motivating force um yeah there's there's all sorts of all sorts of stuff on there yeah awesome um i remember hearing the previous album nothing is true and everything is possible um just after it released um, and i went back and listened to it recently um coming up to this interview and i noticed there was some uh very foreshadowing commentary in it um especially in the song um modern living um have you always been a, sooth a soothsayer and been able to predict the future is there going to be more you know hidden prophecies in this new album <laughs> I, I mean, I think that was one of the reasons why I also wasn't able to write during the pandemic because I didn't really know what to write about because I felt like we'd addressed many of the things that were sort of happening. You know, the the way we treat animals, the way we treat the environment, these are the things that increase the likelihood of pandemics to, to appear and to spread. Um, the the terrible aspects of our the way we have our healthcare systems. I mean, actually, Australia isn't as bad, anywhere near as bad as, say, UK or the US in terms of healthcare. But the criticisms that we've made of, of those systems came very much to light during the pandemic. The, the NHS here in the UK was absolutely brought to his knees. It's disgusting how much it's been underfunded um, over the years. And so, like, all these aspects of the pandemic, I was like, well, we've already address them I've already said what I want to say and like I don't I never want to be a band that's repeating itself you know we're, we're all about exploration and like progressiveness um so yeah I don't, I don't know I, I, you know hopefully it's certainly none of the dark darker songs on the album I hope they don't come true but um yeah no it's uh I think with us we just always have our ear to the ground and um we I feel very lucky in a way that I have the time to sort of process things that happen in the world and, and like research things. And so we're always going to be, you know, we're always going to have a, a, an idea of like where we're going wrong. And I mean, that's what my, my book, A Treatise on Possibility, the, the sort of accompanying book to the last album, that's what that's all about, the direction that humanity's headed in um, and uh, how drastically we need to change that direction. Yeah, excellent. Cool. Um, yeah, it was really cool going back and listening to, you know, the previous album. But I remember for the first time I ever heard, obviously, Sorry, You're Not a Winner. Um, that was, you know, back in my high school days in the computer lab and a mate threw it on on, on YouTube when that was sort of just starting to get really, really big. 
um, you know, the, the mixture of like the heavy guitars and screams and then the synth sort of stuff and stuff. It was great. Do you guys still rotate all that sort of stuff, like your, your earlier tracks when touring? Oh, of course. Yeah, I think we're always trying. Well, I suppose first and foremost, we try and have a set list that's super varied, um, that shows the true breadth of the Shikaru palette. Um, but then, yeah, we always want to like represent each era of the band. You know, like nostalgia is such a powerful thing, and people want to be reminded of the, you know, the, the the various memories that they have of those songs when it, it came out, and they want to still connect with their friends over those songs. So. Yeah, we always try and have a set that includes a, a bit of at least a track from every album, you know, or, or something. Yeah, excellent. Obviously, Sorry You're Not a Winner is obviously a fan favourite, um, but my favourite track, the one that always, you know, pumps me up when I'm in a bad mood and stuff like that is Slipshot. I have to ask, what's the story behind Slipshot? Because it is an amazing oh, beast. It's <laughs> we've actually just started playing that on this these little five shows we've just been doing um it's been a while but yeah i mean it's the most ridiculous song we've ever written it's, it's so like um we basically so this was going back to flash flood of color era um and we were working really hard on on flash flood um, and I remember our then producer, our really good friend, Dan Weller, um, he, he said, like, should we just like have a night off where we just like, you know, let's still like re record and create, but let's just, you know, just relax and just do something. Else. And we ended up just all getting pretty drunk and just like, we were almost like, it was like drama class. We went, we were like play acting you know, like being in a restaurant and just like everything going wrong and just like just being stupid. And uh, yeah, it ended up making a song out of it. Um, it, it just took one evening, uh, which is uh, into the early hours. And it was just, it was great, you know, because it, it, it now just reminds me of like, it's like really endearing for me to know that we still have those moments in our music. You know, we still have those songs where it's like, it's just friends having fun, you know, and that's sometimes all all music needs to be. Um, so it's it's almost like a palate cleanser, you know, when there's like there's obviously lots of serious topics that, that we delve into and you know in quite some detail. So it's nice to have those the like you know life isn't just serious. Like I don't want Enichikari to be just a serious thing. Like humor is a is a powerful tool, I think, really, to keep us sane. Um, so that's exactly what Slipshod, as insane as it sounds as a song, that's exactly <laughs> what it's doing. It's keeping us sane. Oh, that's brilliant. I love it. So what's up next, Fanta Shikari? Um, any, are you heading back down this way? I know it's only been like, what, seven months since you were here, but I missed it and I need you to come back so I can be there. We we are working on it. Um, there's <laughs> gonna, I, I can't actually remember when... Um, we're looking at but we yeah we're we're booking a tour at the moment um but there's so many tours and dates going around my head but yeah it's um we will we will be back to australia um oh. and we can't wait yeah cool i can't wait either um and obviously you guys know you're always welcome down here and we can't wait to have you back um but i won't take up any more of your time man it's been a pleasure having you on the show um we'll you know looking forward to the new album um a kiss for the whole world um, that's out on April 21st. That's the one. Excellent. Not long now. <laughs> yeah, count down the days. Um, 
we'll have all the links down in the show description. So thank you so much for your time, man. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Big up. <laughs>